0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 158, Creating Golden Moments with Teenagers. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. As I hope you know, I recently released a journal called Flex of Gold to help mothers notice and record the golden moments in their days with their children. This is a gorgeous heirloom quality journal that would be a treasure for any mom. So if you haven't already reserved your copy or gotten a few copies to gift to other women in your life, I hope you will. You can go to 3and30podcast.com/slash flexofgold to do that. Many people have asked me, is this journal good for moms of older children as well? And my answer is yes. This journal is for moms who want to focus in on the joy in their daily life with their children, no matter how old their children are. The flecks of gold you write down will be very different if you have teenagers instead of toddlers, but those golden moments are still there, and especially if you're going through a bit of a rocky time with your teenager, it might be all the more important to notice those flecks of gold, or as my guest and I are going to discuss in today's episode, to create those flecks of gold. If the golden moments with your teenagers aren't happening on their own, you may just have to be proactive and kind of make them happen by the way that you engage with your children. Our guest today, Saren Eyer loosely, is going to give us three takeaways for pretty simple ways to do that. You might recognize Saren's name from other episodes of 3 and 30. That's because she's been a mentor of mine for almost 10 years and has deeply impacted my motherhood. Saren co-founded the website Power of Moms with April Perry, and I was a writer and editor there for many years before I started 3 and 30. Saren is the one who gave me the advice that's at the heart of the Flex of Gold Journal and that I've mentioned on the show before. In motherhood, the hard moments sometimes outnumber the beautiful moments, but the beautiful moments always outweigh the hard moments. I can't wait to get into my discussion with her about how we can continue to focus on the beautiful moments in motherhood, even as our children get older. But first, a quick word from our episode sponsors, which are two resources that I feel will really bless your life, especially if you are parenting teenagers. First, a podcast. This episode is brought to us by a podcast that I have been loving lately, Notes from the Backpack, hosted by the National PTA. Sometimes our kids forget to share the notes from their backpack that tell us everything that's happening at their school, am I right? Well, Notes from the Backpack gives parents the inside scoop on how to help your child succeed in school and at home. This podcast discusses real struggles facing modern kids and parents, and they always interview the absolute best of the best when it comes to true experts on the topics that matter most. I loved their recent episode about surviving quarantine with your teen with adolescent psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore. Her insights into how to support our teens through these strange times where they're away from their friends, their routines, the teachers that they love, and their regular sports and social lives. We're so actionable and compassionate, and I really feel that that episode is a great companion to the tips that you'll hear today from Saren Loosley, so I will link that in the show notes. They also have recent episodes on exploring learning differences during COVID-19, how to handle bullying, and much more. You can find Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, or at notesfromthebackpack.com. I hope you'll enjoy this resource as much as I have. Second, our sponsor for the month of November has been a company that you know I'm passionate about, BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. Did you know that teenagers can use BetterHelp? If you have a teen who's struggling emotionally right now or who you would just like to get set up with some support or tools for emotional resilience, encourage them to fill out the quick intake survey at betterhelp.com slash 3 where they will be matched with a counselor within about 24 hours. They can meet with the counselor online or via text messaging or chat. And if the counselor they get matched with isn't a great fit, they can always request a change at no charge. I have a friend who got her daughter set up with an online counselor before she headed off to college, and it has been a huge blessing for her to have that emotional support in a time of so much change and upheaval. Whether you're looking for emotional support for your teenager or for yourself, BetterHelp can help. So go to betterhelp.com slash 3 30 to get started and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash 3 30 And now onto the show. This is how to create golden moments with your teenagers. I'm thrilled today to be interviewing Saren Iyer Loosely, who, as I mentioned in that introduction, has profoundly impacted my life. Saren is a prolific educator who earned a B.A. from Wellesley College and a master's in education from Harvard University. She's done humanitarian and missionary work around the world and has designed and run curriculum and teacher training programs in schools and preschools across the United States. While Saren had five young children, she felt the need to connect and share ideas with other moms, so she used nap times and school time and sometimes late night hours to help co-found and co-direct the website Power of Moms that grew to a viewership of over 2 million mothers. Five years ago, Saren founded a new organization called Power of Families that offers support and resources for both moms and dads. Saren has designed and presented training events and retreats for moms and for couples across the United States and in Australia, often bringing one of her children or her whole family along to help with the event and enjoy a special trip. Saren's children now range in age from 15 to 20, and she's still figuring out how to parent teens while entering the uncharted waters of parenting adult children. She loves hiking in every kind of weather, devours audiobooks and podcasts, and travels with her family every chance she gets. It's my honor to welcome my friend and mentor, Saren Loosley, to 3 and 30. Welcome, Saren. Thanks so much, Rachel.
1: It's so good to be here with you and such kind words that you said. I'm so glad to be referred to as your mentor because you're so awesome.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And you really are. And I was just thinking today, your podcast with April is the first podcast I ever listened to. So it's kind of interesting to come full circle here. I remember at a Power of Moms retreat, you guys mentioned that you had a podcast, and I thought, what is a podcast and how would I even <laughs> listen to that? And here we are, you know. Here so pretty are. pretty cool. You've had a really big impact on my life and I feel like what's interesting is that when I first started following your work, your kids were about the age that my kids are now and now you like I said in that intro, your kids are becoming adults. And yes. so it's, it's a very different phase of life and I can't wait to hear your wisdom about how to make that transition and continue to be an involved engaged mom as your kids get older
1: well thanks so much and I'm sure as you know it might sound like wisdom to others but those that are in the middle of it like you and me whatever stage you're at it feels like you're just figuring it out day by day and trying to share the little wins that you ever are able to get but it is hard no matter what stage you're in and those flecks of gold I'm so glad you did this journal and so glad that you appreciated that quote from long ago from me, because really that's what it's, what it's all about. You know, I mean, there's plenty of hard stuff, but when we savor those little flecks of gold, those beautiful golden moments, that's where we start to feel our power, our joy, and it starts to feel like it's okay, that yes. it can be so hard sometimes. You yes,
0: know? for sure. And, and I feel like I have a sense for what your children were like when they were younger, just from reading so much of your writing and listening to your podcast, but I don't know as much about what they're like now, um, and obviously without going to any into any specifics, but have your teenagers have they been has it been tough at times? I mean, I know parents say that the teen years can be really difficult sometimes to find those golden moments with those kids.
1: You know, it really is hard. And I feel like I really hit my stride when my kids were in elementary school. I love my babies and toddlers, but when they're in elementary school, we could really have conversations and we could go do field trips together and they could put on their own shoes and go to the bathroom by themselves. Like, I just felt like we're good. We can just do all this awesome stuff. And I felt like every day was full of these beautiful fleck of gold moments. I just felt like, gosh, I'm an awesome mom and these are awesome kids. And we just had so much fun, and I loved that time. And then they became teenagers, and those hormones are no joke. And as they want to, I mean, it's a natural part of development. Kids need to separate themselves a little more from their parents because they need to learn how to be independent people. Plus there's the hormonal thing, and it's, it's just it's a hard process when you're kind of in a really good place with your kids, and then you start to be in this place where you kind of feel like you're walking on thin ice sometimes, and you're like, I think I got it. Oh, wait, no, I don't have it. I hear some cracking and it's, it's really, really a challenge to go through that transition. And I can honestly say now that I love, love, love having teenagers, but I have to admit it was a little rough there at the beginning because I had to transition from being you know, the person who's always the, kind of the manager, which is kind of what you do when your kids are elementary age and stuff like that. You're the caretaker when they're real little, then you're the, kind of the manager. But then you need to transition into being the coach and being kind of more of a mentor and being more of a supporter and letting go of a lot of things. And that can make it really hard. And there's some you know, headbutting, and there's some stubbornness that comes into play, and there's some like, but wait, no, this is the right way, and this is the way we've been doing it. And kids are needing to assert their own independence and say, no, this is my way, mm-hmm. and I need to be my own person. And it's beautiful, it's an important process, but it's hard sometimes, yes. you know?
0: Yes. And I love that you titled this episode, Create the Gold with Your Teenagers. And when I saw that verb, I thought, oh, that is so good, because with toddlers, you notice. The precious little things they say or the way they walk with their like arms outstretched when they're learning how to walk and things like that. It's, but with teenagers, I'm sure there's still moments that you just notice really beautiful moments, but a lot of it mm-hmm. may be mm-hmm. more proactive that you kind of have to go after that relationship with them to build it, to get those golden moments in your life.
1: Definitely. It is. That is the big word is creating it. And sometimes it's hard to create it because sometimes they're not, they're being very prickly or you just got some like conflict going on within yourself and within your kids. And, but there are so many ways that you can create it. And I have been able to find some consistent things that really do work, uh, definitely through trial and error, like everything else. But there have been some ways that I've been able to develop you know, a pretty consistent sense that I can get a golden moment at least every day or at least by doing these other things. Um, so I'm excited to talk through some of those things a little bit with you today.
0: Perfect. Well, let's just jump right into your first takeaway.
1: Okay. So my first takeaway would be that tuck in time with teenagers is more important than ever. So when you think bedtime routine or you think tuck-in time, we think of, you know, helping them get their PJs on and brushing their teeth and snuggling up to read a book together and saying prayers and kissing them goodnight. And those memories are beautiful with my kids when they were little. And I have to admit, I went through a time when, you know, they're 12, 13, and they're kind of finishing homework, and I'm finishing stuff, and they're like, goodnight, and I'm like, goodnight, and they go off to bed. and, And I realized, wait, no, that's not working. We need to still have tuck-in time but it's going to have to look a lot different they can get their pajamas on and brush their teeth by themselves thank (laughs) heavens it's awesome but when they get into their room and it's always a little different there's not a specific bedtime and i think that's one of the reasons i sort of fell out of the habit for a little while there was that there wasn't this certain time and i'd get going on things while they were kind of getting ready for bed and i wouldn't even notice that they were in bed but the last few years i've been really consistent about going into their rooms and making sure to just have a small connection moment as they're just getting ready to go to bed. Sometimes it's just as they're heading into their bedroom, they brush their teeth, they're ready to get ready for bed, or sometimes it's after they're in their bed. But before I go to bed, if I haven't had a chance to talk to them and they're still awake, I always make sure to go in and talk with them. And all it is is I'll just go in and give them a kiss on their forehead, and I always make sure to tell them one thing that I noticed that they did really great that day. Or something that I really appreciate about them. And that has been just that small point of connection. I leave the day feeling great about them. They leave the day feeling good about themselves and feeling like maybe their mom's okay after all, which is kind of nice some days. Um, and it just, it just adds that little sweetness. And oftentimes it's just simple and it's nothing special. It's just You know, it's always kind of special, but it's never anything big on a regular day-to-day. But there are moments when it becomes really, really special and when I can feel like, okay, that moment was really, really important. Um, Oftentimes, it's just 10 to 30 seconds that leaves us feeling warm and happy towards each other, but there are times when it's been a rough day. And maybe they've been really frustrated with a homework assignment. Or maybe I've been really frustrated with the fact that after 25 attempts to get them to pick up all the clothes on the floor in their bathroom, they are still there. Or, you know, there are those times when you just are kind of rubbing against each other the wrong way throughout the day for various different reasons. Or where the kids have had a rough day and, you know, people weren't nice to them at school or they got a grade on a test they didn't like or whatever. So ending the day just by saying, simple things. I mean, here's just a few examples of some of the things I've said to him at tuck in time. I love how you worked so hard on that assignment this evening. I know it was tough and frustrating. I know it took way longer than you thought it would be, but it seems like you feel great about getting it done. And I'm just so proud of you for persevering and getting that taken care of. Mm. So, I mean, that's not saying like, I mean, I'm thinking of particular incidents when I said this. And it was definitely a time where this kid was really frustrated and asking me for help. And I was frustrated because I'm like, I don't know what the teacher's asking for here. And, but anyway, we could wrap it up nicely by the end of the day and saying, I'm proud of you for working hard and getting it done. You know, yes. You know, another little example. I'm sorry I got angry with you today. I was overtired. I was worried about a lot of things, but I still shouldn't have gotten angry at you. I love how you didn't yell back, even though I'm sure you wanted to yell back at me. I really appreciate your patience. So just that little like, yeah, we had some rough times, but here we are together and it's good. And we're going to go to sleep feeling great about each other, you know, yes. or just a congratulatory thing. Like, I loved seeing you run in that race today. I love how you put your whole heart into your races.
0: The yeah. end. Kiss on the forehead. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is so beautiful. Is it? Is it something that you consciously, before you go into the room, do you think, What could I say to them tonight? Like, how do you even, sometimes I think we don't, it's hard to even put your finger on what you could say other than I love you, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And I think it kind of grew out of, You know, some rough times with various kids, and realizing I needed to feel more love for them, and needed to be looking for the good. Because you know how life is: if you're looking for good things, you will find them, Mm -hmm. and if you're looking for bad things, you will find them. And with certain kids in certain stages, it's sure easy to just keep seeing like, "Oh, there it is again." Mm -hmm. He left his stuff all over the floor. Oh, there it is again. He's speaking in a rude tone of voice, rolling his eyes. I mean, it's just easy to start kind of almost labeling our kids and looking for certain behaviors that we're kind of expecting from them that are bad so i found that in order to be the mom that i want to be and feel excited about motherhood i needed to be putting my you know changing my lens and always looking for something good so i found that as i made this a practice of doing this tuck in time which is a quick compliment. I was looking throughout the day for those things. And sometimes I was better than others at noticing it throughout the day. Sometimes it's like right before I go into their room, I'd be thinking, okay, what can I say for this child today? Because this was a hard one. Or, you know, there was nothing really special today. Like, what should I say? But if I would just take seriously just a few seconds to think, you know, of course, like with anything, with practice, things get easier. But now that I've been doing it really consistently, it's become quite natural. But I do. It's not like it just always is ready in my brain. I often have to think for a minute. Okay, what's something really great?
0: Yes, and I mean that's really at the heart of the flexible journal is that what you look for, you will find. And Definitely. when you start looking for flecks of gold, you'll start noticing them all over the place when you wouldn't have even thought twice about them before. So I love that with this ritual. I'm sure now you're much more aware of those things since you are planning to have it be part of your your tuck in time later. So I think mm-hmm. that this is so beautiful. And I will say that my most precious golden moments that I remember with my mom from when I was a teenager were at bedtime. And that mm-hmm. not that interesting? Like there's something kind of sacred about that nighttime. I just remember particularly that she would wait up like after I went on dates or was out with my friends. It meant a lot to me that she was waiting up or that she'd kind of, you know, tuck me in and hear about my night I it, My mom passed away when I was 19. And at her funeral, I actually talked about how sometimes I'd come in and then I'd go into my room and then I would hear like the creak of her bedroom door. And then I knew she was coming to talk to me always, you know, and those mm-hmm. those bedtime talks are so precious to me. Mm-hmm. I remember times when I'd be up late doing homework and I'd fall asleep with like my glasses on and my books and I would feel my mom take off my glasses and cover me up and turn off my light and give me a kiss on the forehead. And it just meant a lot to me to know that even as a teenager, I had a mom that was looking out for me, caring for me, talking me in at night, aware of where I was at the end of every day, wanting me to be home with the family. So I think it's so important what you pointed out about like this shouldn't just end when our kids are little because they still need us so much, even as teenagers,
1: Mm -hmm. And they often, that's often the only time that I really have that individual time with them. And even Mm -hmm. if it's only 30 seconds or sometimes it ends up being longer there. I remember one time I went in to tuck in my daughter and I just kind of gave her a pat on the hand and gave her a kiss on the forehead and she kind of grabbed my hand Mm -hmm. and I thought, I thought she was asleep, but I just sort of sat down and she had some things she wanted to talk about. So, I mean, there's just, you never know whether it's going to be something little and just tiny and just nice or whether it could be really important. So. I feel like, like you said, those, those memories, I don't know how my kids feel about it right now. I don't think they would say right now, like, oh, that's just so great that you do that every night. But I hope that when they're adults someday, they'll look back and I think they will have a warm feeling towards that. And all those little flecks of gold will have added up to be something beautiful, hopefully in our relationship.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then what is your second takeaway?
1: Okay. Okay. So my second takeaway would be to respect and get excited about their abilities and their interests. My mom taught me this when I when I first got married. She said one of the most important phrases you can remember is that if it's important to them, it should be important to you. And so that was awesome marriage advice, but I've definitely realized it's very, very important advice for parenting as well. So I've really made a point of making sure that my kids know, like I think as parents, it's easy to pull our kids into things that are important to us, right? Mm -hmm. We want to share interests. You know, I've taken kids with me to do retreats and they, they've helped me with a lot of different setup and takedown of different things. And I mean, they, I've sucked them into a lot of things. I love nature. I love art. I love music and I've brought them along for the ride and they've learned to love those things too, which is awesome. But as the kids get older, it's more and more important that they see that you really respect what's important to them. So, you know, it's wonderful to get excited about their games and their meets. I have kids that are really into sports to help them pursue their interests. You know, you definitely get golden moments as you're just watching them, you know, do something that they love and work hard and, you know, perform or whatever it might be. But I think that if we go even deeper into supporting their interests and passions, then our golden moments get deeper and more beautiful. And it means so much to them when we do something that maybe is obviously not our favorite but um is something that we're willing to do because it's important to them so Anyway, I had a little story I could share about that. Yes, it just happened do. last week. Perfect. So I am just a total wimp when it comes to doing anything where I don't feel like totally in control of what's happening to my body. Like downhill skiing, not my thing. Mountain biking, not my favorite. And all these different things are, are they're really hard for me. And I happen to have been blessed with kids who absolutely love doing things that scare me to death. <laughs> they love to mountain bike and jump off cliffs and jump off waterfalls and they just are fearless individuals they got that from their dad not for me so I've always been involved in like I'll drive them up to the ski slope I'll take them to the trailhead and bring them up there on the bike so they can do the downhill and not have to do the uphill and I take them on hikes and I'll watch them you know I'll try not to freak out while they jump and climb and do all that <laughs> stuff I'll cheer them on and take photos and I think they've really appreciated that support But I've noticed that what really creates the especially golden moments is when I push myself to actually try to do something with them or try to learn to do on my own little level something that they do and let them have the chance to sort of be the coach. So last week we were down in southern Utah and they were doing a bunch of crazy slick rock biking, which they love. And I, you know, walked with them a little part of the trail so I could video them and cheer for them and see the crazy stuff they were doing. But at the very end of our trip, they were doing a trail that, you know, was kind of more of a tame trail. And they said, Mom, come do this with us. And every part of my being is like, no, that is not fun. I don't want to do that. But as my daughter kind of looked at me with her big eyes and was like, just come try, just do a little bit and see if you like it, you know? And I'm like, I can probably tell you I can't like it, but I was like, I'm going to try this. So I went down the road and as I anticipated, I was terrible at this and it freaked me out and I kept getting off my bike In my brain, I kept thinking, I hate this. I hate this. I'm going to turn around. But my daughter's like, Hey, look, I remember when I was first learning, I just, it was really rough. You keep feeling like I want to get off, but your bike is a lot better than you think it is. It can go over roots. It can go over rocks. Look, watch me go over roots and rocks. It's totally fine. Your bike can do that too. So she's coaching me through this. And by the, you know, after about 20, 30 minutes of kind of having her patience and her coaching, I was able to like go over rocks and roots and feeling like all, you know, awesome about myself. And she's cheering for me and feeling, it was just a beautiful moment that we could share together because I was willing to put myself out there and she was willing to be patient with me and such yes. a role reversal because, mm-hmm. you know, I was telling her later, I'm like, you know, she's an amazing cross country runner. And I remember the first time I got her to go running with me. Cause I've always liked running and, you know, we got half a mile down the road and she's like, I can't do this anymore. It's so hard. My legs hurt, you know? And I was like, Liza, I totally remember, you know, when I had to coach you and you did not like the running and it's so cool now for you to be the one that's coaching me and telling me mm. to keep pedaling. You can get over that route. You're going to be fine. Don't get off your bike. You'll be okay. And it was just that beautiful thing. So I think as we really respect the things that they're good at and that they love and that they're excited about and turn to them and let them be our teacher, that's mm. where we can really have some amazing golden moments, I think.
0: Yes. Yes. And I love this, the idea of turning to them and letting them be our teacher, because I do think that that is what happens when children transition into adulthood. They become our like our equal, our friend. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about my own relationship with my father, and it means so much to me that he will ask for my advice on things now. And that in adulthood has led to some of the greatest golden moments in my relationship with my father is... These conversations that we have about politics and religion, and he calls me and asks me advice on um, different things going on at his work. And how cool too that things that you so like you were you taught Eliza how to run, or like you were the first to uh-huh. take her out, you know. And now she, it's one of her gifts and she could, I don't know, but she could probably like run circles around you now, you know? (laughs) Yes.
1: I mean, that girl runs like mile after mile, six minute miles. I mean, she's crazy.
0: Wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's so great. And I think about that with my dad because my dad was the one who taught me how to write and edited all my papers in high school. And now he sends me things and says, can you look this over? I need an editor's eye on it. And I'm like, wow, that is so crazy that now he's asking me to do Mm -hmm. that. So And so rewarding. So, so rewarding. So I love this takeaway about respecting and getting excited and getting involved in their abilities and interests, whether it's a shared interest that you have as well Mm -hmm. or not. Just Mm -hmm. go for it and learn about it with them. Totally. Totally. And then what's your last takeaway?
1: Okay. And then my last one is basically talk less, hug more, (laughs) Um, and let them feel their feelings. Because you know what? There's a lot of feelings that are going on, especially with teenagers. And we're having a lot of feelings too. But, you know, we've all heard about how important it is to do six second hugs and all that. And often older kids get a little prickly and they're not really into the hug thing, but they need it more and more. And I've found when you just grab them and wrap them into a hug, they'll usually go with it. And sometimes you have to insist. Some kids are just more naturally huggy. I have some of each, but I've found that when we do a little hug or a little family huddle on their way out the door, it just it just adds that little moment of sweetness that they need. When I give them a little kiss each night, it adds that little moment. You know, physical barriers and emotional barriers really go hand in hand, I've found, as the kids grow up. And so having that physical connection with them on a regular basis really helps them to be able to open up a little bit more to us emotionally. My oldest son is off in college, and when he comes home, he just accepts that hug, even though it's never really been his thing. And he seems to just really, you know, it's just a given. And it's something that makes me feel connected to him and makes him feel connected to me. And he does appreciate it. I'll go and just like, you know, rub his back a little bit when he's working on homework, when he's here at home with us. And I can just see him like visibly sort of relax. And then he'll actually open up mm-hmm. to me. So the physical and the emotional is so important. And I think sometimes we have so much we want to say to our kids. We have questions to ask them and things that we need to talk to them about, things that we're worried about. And if we just jump right into the talking or the lecturing or the asking a lot of questions, it doesn't work very well, I've found. We need to first put the physical stuff in place. And then often that's when we can have those conversations that do need to happen. And the less we talk often, the better. And that's been hard thing for me because I'm a talker and I've got all these great points and all these good analogies and all these stories to share. But I've learned that sometimes the best thing I can do is just put my arm around them and just be quiet.
0: Yes. I, when you said that talk less, hug more, I thought of the song from Hamilton. And how we need to change the words: talk less, hug more. Do you know the song I'm talking about? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have any specific stories of times when that worked with your teenagers when they were when they were upset?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one day this is fairly recently, my twins are 15 years old and they got, they had gotten into a huge fight about something. And one of them ran into the room and slammed the door so hard. I was like, that door has got to be broken. And he'd yelled some inappropriate things as he was running into his room. And my initial reaction is just like, I need to go in there and be like, Hey, you can't act like this. And that's not okay. But I was like, I need to hold myself back. I waited, gave him some time, walked in. And of course, he immediately says, I don't want to talk to you. And I knew this was going to happen. I'm going to be durable, right? So I go in, I sit down, put his arm, put my arm around him, hug him in tight and just say, I know you don't want to talk to me. I just need to give you a hug. And so he just is like, I mean, what do you say to that? So he's just sitting there and he's kind of stiff in my arms, but he kind of gradually relaxes. I just said, look, I just want you to know I love you. And I just want to listen to anything that you want to say not here to really tell you anything so of course he you know takes a few minutes kind of sniffling and kind of starts finally saying how frustrated he is with his brother and I'm just listening it's so hard to hold yourself back sometimes because you want to say well that's not exactly true or well actually you did this but just be quiet right just hug and be quiet and then finally after he would kind of got it all out I just said look I'm sure everything feels terrible right now and that's okay You're wise to take some time away from everyone. You just stay in here as long as you need to do. But I just want you to know I love you and just Mm -hmm. walked out. And it just became this golden moment because I had done the right thing. I had held my tongue. I had just shown love. He did not need to hear what he did wrong at that point. I'm sure he was perfectly well aware, right? He just needed that arm around him and that understanding. And so that, you know, a half hour later, he comes out, hugs his brother. They talk a few things out. He didn't need me to explain anything to him. I'd explain things to him. They sat on the fighting bench together and worked things out together <laughs> since they were babies. At this point, they know how to resolve their issues yes. with each other. He just needed my love. He just needed to know that I trust him. I love him. And I'm sure it's going to be okay. I'm sure he's going to do the right thing. In fact, you've already done the right thing because you went into your room mm-hmm. to be by yourself. And that was a smart thing to do. Yes. So You know, just simple little things like that can make a huge difference and create that like my mom gets me and my mom cares about me and she sees the good in me even when I'm objectively kind of being horrible.
0: Yes. And I love that you have connected that to a physical, to not just go in there and say, hey, buddy, I love you, but to also offer him a physical connection of some sort, a hug, a little squeeze of the hand, something to kind of break that emotional barrier with also the physical touch, I think is really beautiful and wise. Exactly. Well, Sarah, you continue to just influence me and impact me so much with your mothering advice and your wisdom. And if listeners want to hear more from you, where can they access more of your wisdom online?
1: Okay. Well, just come visit us at poweroffamilies.com all kinds of stuff. In fact, a lot of what I shared today will be on a post there uh, arriving later this week. So, you can look there for that. Also, if you we have $40 worth of free resources, ebooks, you know, lists of how to build a positive environment in your home, stuff like that. If you just go to slash register, you can sign up for that free member package, and we'll just let you know in an email whenever we have new stuff to offer. So, Perfect. we'd love to have you come visit us, poweroffamilies.com. We're there anytime for you.
0: All right. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for. the inspiration for my journal, honestly, with that beautiful quote that came at a time when I needed it so badly in my new motherhood and I still need it now. So thank you for everything that you've done, even though you didn't even know it for 3 and 30. It (laughs) means so much.
1: Well, thank you, Rachel. You're awesome. I love seeing all the wonderful things you're doing.
0: Many thanks to Saren for sharing her insights with us on how to create golden moments with our teenagers. Right after I interviewed Saren, I went for a walk and listened to the recent episode from the Notes in the Backpack podcast via the National PTA with that adolescent psychologist about surviving quarantine with a teenager, and I was amazed by how well Saren's takeaways lined right up with Dr. DeMores. So go check out that episode as a follow-up, and as a quick refresher before you go, here's a recap of Saren's three takeaways. First, prioritize tuck-in time with your teenagers. This can be as simple as going in to give them a quick kiss and a compliment at the end of the day, but prioritize a moment of connection with them at bedtime whenever you can. Second, respect and get excited about their abilities and interests. It's important to support them in their hobbies, but also get involved and give it a try. Let them coach and teach you for once, and it might lead to really beautiful moments of connection. And third and finally, and as a true fan of Hamilton, I'm going to sing this one, talk less, hug more, (laughs) let your teens feel their big emotions. Try not to lecture them or use too many words when they are upset. Just give them a little physical connection, which will hopefully lead to more emotional connection. I know as we engage in these three tips from Saren, we'll create many golden moments to be treasured with our teens. And I really do want to encourage all of you to reserve your copy of the Flex of Gold journal to write down those precious moments, no matter how old your children are. A mom on Instagram sent me this message this week, and it meant so much to me. She said, Oh my goodness, Rachel, I was just thinking about your journal and thinking, I don't need this. My kids are almost all grown and almost all left the house. And then I realized that in two years they will all be gone and maybe this is the tool that I need to keep mothering and keep focusing on the good while they are here. And then I broke into tears. That heartfelt message from a mother who wants to treasure every last minute with her young adult children almost brought me to tears and I hope that you too will feel the power of this journal to reframe and refocus your motherhood, no matter your stage of life. It's available at 3in30podcast.com slash flex of gold, and I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. My friends, you are doing a really good job. Your kids might not tell you that very often, but it remains true. I am rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.